Hello everyone and welcome into the fourth episode. I can't count very high, so I, I'm not sure what episode we're on. Uh, welcome into Jetro Degenerates Podcast. I am, as always, your boy Steve Tyson, along with my good pal, Austin Schwartz. How are we doing this evening? Austin. We're doing good. We're still living. Um, Philadelphia sports took a little tumble last night, but we'll get into that. Yeah. God damn it. I don't want to talk about it yet, because I'm just going to go off at, at the end. <laughs> we'll, uh... We'll talk about that yeah, at the we'll, end of it. We'll wait on that one. Yeah, we'll we'll get into the rest of what's going on this week. So there's quite a bit of small stuff. Not not anything big other than obviously the game seven, but uh, a bunch of little small things, signings and, and injuries and whatnot. So we'll get into that. But first, we're gonna start off with our pop culture segment. We had a few trailers drop. I know you were excited about one of them, the It Chapter Two. Tr- t- chapter Two. Wow, talk much, Steve. The It Chapter Two trailer dropped. What were your, uh, what what did you think right after you saw it? Um, I liked it a lot actually. Um, it's kind of, it's gonna have a lot to live up to, especially with it the original, doing so well as it did, and really relating back to the home story. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with a sequel of such a, like, well renowned movie like the original that came out. Yeah, I I agree with you there. The I saw the OG it like back in the seventies yeah. or whatever it first came out, uh, and I I liked it, but I I hate clowns and I'm not a huge horror movie guy, so didn't see the last it, but I might go out and see this one just because we'll probably talk about it uh, after it does end up. Definitely releasing. go see the one that came out recently, because um, I still think the original one from back in the I think it was the eighties or nineties. That Steve Curry um, was way scarier. Or Tim Curry, Tim Curry, not Steve Curry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that that one freaked me out, the he first one. Like I said, weird. I hate I hate clowns. I can't stand clowns, bro. I have to look away whenever Pennywise is on the screen. He's he's a freak. I, when I was a little kid, like, my mom took me to, I don't know, there was something, and Ronald McDonald was there, and I freaked out when Ronald McDonald came to me. <laughs> like, I was bugging. He would be freaked out by That's, Ronald McDonald. Dude, he's creepy looking. He looks like a pedophile. I mean, I guess. All the McDonald's mascots are just weird as hell. He's a freak. Dude, the the hamburger is creepy shit. Grimace is just a purple chicken nugget. That's just weird in itself. Yeah, it's just odd. But yeah, every every one of the McDonald's mascots looks weird. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, But bringing it back, Spider-Man Far From Home dropped a trailer as well. Not really our first look at it because they already had a trailer, but kind of after Avengers Endgame had come out, now they can actually show more stuff. And they kind of teased that there's a multiverse. So Phase 4 in, I guess, the Marvel Cinematic Universe might actually dive into uh, a a multiverse, which would be absolutely insane. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious. I can't wait to see it, obviously. Um but yeah, the way they uh, tease up the trailer, it's going to be weird seeing what they do with the rest of it now. Because they left it really open. Yeah, and now that uh, Disney acquired all the Fox properties, we might actually get like some X-Men tie-ins and different stuff like that. Uh, which kind of leads into our next uh, topic. The Disney released like a movie schedule for the next like eight years, pretty much. And it kind of just outlined uh, all a lot of the stuff. It just says unnamed, like Pixar property or unnamed Marvel property, stuff like that. Uh, but a few of the big ones that did end up getting named were uh, there's going to be three new Star Wars movies. There's going to be a whole other trilogy dropping starting uh, in 2022. And I think it's bi-yearly because in between those years, I believe it's going to be the Avatar sequels starting in either 2021 or 2023 because I know it did end up the – Avatar 2 got delayed, so that obviously delays the rest of the series. But Disney released a list of, like, 30 movies that they're going to end up releasing within, like, the next 10 years. So that was probably the biggest movie news other than these two trailers to come out. Did you end up looking at the list at no, all? No, not yet. I will, though. Yeah, there's a, a there's lot a of, of stuff on there. On there. It, it's, it's nuts. Marvel, or not Marvel, Disney pretty much has their hand in every movie that's coming out. Yeah. Like, any, any major movie that is going to be releasing other than, like, Godzilla and shit like that, they pretty much have their hand in. Like, they have the two biggest franchises that are still in theaters right now, and in Star Wars and, and all the Marvel mm-hmm. properties. 
they're just printing money at this point. Like it's yeah, unfair. it really is unfair. They have such a monopoly on the world. It's unreal. Uh, speaking of printing money, uh, Avengers finally got beat out on a sales or uh, on sales for a day. Detective Pikachu's debut ended up beating them out. Uh, which I can say, Detective Pikachu was a pretty good movie. I didn't see it yet. So I, 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 yeah, it was pretty good. I understand why it beat it out, but obviously, uh, the numbers just came out for the weekend, and Avengers still outsold Detective Pikachu on the weekend. It was just the the one day it just so happened to finally beat it, which I mean is to be expected because the the runway that Endgame has is is tough. Like they had Detective Pikachu this week. Next week, or this upcoming Friday, is going to be John Wick 3. Yeah. And then the following week is Aladdin. And there's, I, no, I guess Godzilla's next month. But there's I can't wait for that. Just like, yeah, me too. I'm, I'm real psyched about this. We're right in a prime spot for movies releasing where I'm going to be at the theater once or twice a week for the next like two <laughs> months, which is not good for my bank account. but It is good for the good, podcast, uh, though. Very good for the podcast. Uh, moving along, we're going to touch on some video game news. There was a release, uh, not, uh, I guess there was more of like a reveal trailer for the new Ghost Recon game. It's going to be called Breakpoint, and it's going to be releasing on October 4th. I'm not a huge Tom Clancy guy. Like, I play Siege a little bit, and then I played uh, Rainbow Six Vegas back in the day. But you interested at all in the new Ghost Recon not game? Not really. Um... Oh, oh, we. I'm sorry to cut you off, but we just got breaking news on the pod. Brett Brown will be returning to the Philadelphia 76ers next season, according to managing partner Josh Harris. And this is from Woj. Uh, I'm just going to say Woj from ESPN. Uh, you want to get into that now, or you want me to just let's save it for later? Um, yeah, it's up to you. Let's let's. I'll let's save yeah. it for later because I had a few. Uh, I had a few other points on. Brett Brown with the Sixers, okay. but um, uh, but you interested in all in uh, Ghost I Recon? I played the original Ghost Recon back on PS2, um, and I loved it. I mean, I didn't really know much else, but ever since then, I haven't really gotten into Ghost Recon that much. Um, but I, man, I probably won't buy it just because I don't really know the backstory of any of the Ghost Recons now. So I think a few it'll take a few months for me to catch up. Uh, yeah, I I agree with you there. The most recent one, Wildlands, was was pretty big like it's uh still getting some content rolling out now even though they they're releasing the newest one in what 5 months in yeah. October. So obviously they're going to be up to date with it. Ubisoft is pretty good with their post-launch content considering they had a uh, For Honor was a lot better at post-launch and then uh Rainbow Six Siege as well was better post-launch after a rocky start. So there's, that's just a few things to kind of look at. Maybe not dive into it immediately, um, but possibly if there's like a sale or something, I might pick it up. But other than that, it's there's other stuff that uh, I'd rather uh, I'd rather pick up coming out. And speaking of stuff that might be coming out at the end of the year, we had more Modern Warfare 4 leaks. So the guy that we talked about last week, I, f- I forget what the guy's name is, but he worked for Infinity Ward. Um, yes. And there was more Twitter stuff coming out. He... His first tweet was uh, a picture from Modern Warfare 3 of the Operation Kingfish. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, I guess it was Soap, Ghost, Captain Price, and then another soldier just kind of all standing around. But on the picture, it had a date of 8 10 13. In the tweet that this guy sent out, he put 8 10 or 10 8 19. So a possible release date for the next Call of Duty, which it's in line with when Call of Duty gets released. It's, what's the 10th month? Like, um, October? October. So that would be October 8th. I guess that's a Friday, which is kind of odd because most games uh, get released on Tuesdays, but there has been uh, more of a push recently where there's a lot of games that are releasing on Thursday. Well, Thursday early release, but come out Friday just kind of like mm-hmm. movies. So that... I mean, all the leaks that are coming out, I, I'm i almost guaranteeing that at E3 in the beginning of June, they're going to reveal it's going to be Modern Warfare yeah. 4. But the only thing that's kind of weird about that is PlayStation has a right or exclusivity right with uh, Call, like Call of Duty brand, I guess, with Activision. Uh, so Sony's not at E3. Where are they going to reveal it at? It's probably not going to be on Microsoft's stage, so they might – I mean, 
I think they did their own kind of event for Black Ops 4, if I'm not mistaken. I think they revealed it at, like, a Call of Duty event. So they could do something like that between now and E3. and I mean, even post E3, they could do something like that. But it's just odd how all these, like, little leaks are just coming out not even a month before the biggest video game conference of the year. I'm... Are you looking into this at all, or am I just kind of overthinking this? I'm not really looking into it as much as as you are. I understand why, because um, you're a little bit more into the video games than I am. But I'm very excited for Black Ops to come out, if it is Black... Um, when it does come out, at least. Sorry. But... Yeah. Yeah, it's weird that it'll be out on a Friday. Um, most of the, like, um, launch days that I've been to, like the midnight releases and stuff, they're always during the week and never on a Friday. Yeah. So it's very, very strange. Uh, I'm not gonna look at it, but it, it's right in the same week of Ghost Recon there. So I don't know if Ghost Recon's getting out in front of the reveal, uh, trying to say, hey, this is our week. Maybe Call of Duty's gonna get pushed back. But uh, if there's any chance that Call of Duty comes out in that week in October, everyone's gonna try and get out of the yeah. way with it. Just like that happened this past year with Red Dead 2, where everyone was either delaying into early 2019 or trying to get out in front of it like a week or two prior. But, uh, I mean, other than, than that tweet of the date, um, there was a – I want to say it was Photoshopped, but it was a picture of the guy who sent out the original tweet uh, wearing a Modern Warfare 4 T-shirt with kind of like a, a seating arrangement behind him and a big screen that, said, that had like MW4 as the logo uh, on the screen. Now, the – could be real. I don't think it is. Uh, but, I mean, people are saying it might be Ghosts 2, which I highly doubt. But, I mean, I think we've spent enough time on that. We'll we'll move on. Uh, the last bit of video game-related news. A uh, U.S. Senator recently is uh, introducing a bill to ban loot boxes and pay-to-win microtransactions. Finally. <laughs> I hate that it took this long for the U.S. to get on board with this because I, I personally can, I hate microtransactions and loot boxes. I will never buy one. I have never bought one unless it's in like a card pack on uh, any of the EA Sports games because I'm addicted to stuff like that. Uh, but, I mean, Belgium and Sweden both already uh, have all these practices under investigation. So I don't know why it took the – I mean – we're probably top five in electronic media like this with video games and, and movies and stuff like that. I don't know why it took us this long to finally try and get something because it's, it's pandering to addictive behaviors. And even in the senator's uh, quote, uh, he said they are preying on user addiction, which it's literally gambling, but you're getting almost nothing of value out of it. You're not getting any money yeah. back. You're just hoping that you get something cool that you can put on your character in-game. Yeah, I mean, just like you said, um, the most I've ever done was probably just on, like, NHL. And even that's a stretch for me. Like, I hate doing that as well. Yeah, I, I've stopped doing it because EA's... EA hasn't made it, like, you have to buy packs. Now, they, they frequently, like, they'll give you packs for just doing challenges and whatnot. But, like, a few years ago, they had n almost no ch – like, they forced you to buy packs to get your team to yeah. be better. And that and that's that pay-to-win thing with their – with uh, is what is put under investigation because it's essentially – it's an unfair advantage. For, like, anyone who can't – like, they can only buy the base game and they can't buy anything else. And it's more of, a, like, a pay-to-win thing. Like, the, the whole EA with Battlefront 2, like, that controversy, that turns people off. And it's almost it, – it's illegal because, like, steroids are illegal. That's pretty much paying to win. Anyone that wants to pay the money takes steroids. It, I mean, it's kind of a weird analogy to compare those two, but that's just how I look at it. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that um, the U.S. is kind of getting back behind or getting back on this and backing it up a little bit because, like you said, it is it's basically just gambling and – they're just taking your money at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that closes us out on the pop culture segment. There was quite a few little random sports uh, segments. Not segments, but pieces of news to get into. We had our first no-hitter in the MLB. Mike Fires of the Oakland Athletics no-hit the Cincinnati Reds. This is the second no-hitter of his career. 
pretty much all you need to say about that. First one of the year for the MLB. Hopefully we'll see a few more. Uh, but something that we can both kind of touch on here, we had three big UFC fights announced for upcoming UFC pay-per-views. Cowboy Cerrone is going to fight Tony Ferguson on June 8th for UFC 238. I know you're a big cowboy guy. Love yeah, me too. Uh, and then we had Max Holloway and Frankie Edgar just get confirmed today for July 27th, UFC 240. I'm a huge Frankie Edgar guy, most be, mostly because he's from, uh, from he's a Jersey kid. He's I from Tom's River. Who am I thinking of? Uh, God, the guy's names. Oh, um, he's in the same weight class. I know he that. just fought. He fought McGregor not too long ago. Yeah, I can't remember his name for the life of me. Fuck. Neither can I. We'll we'll figure it out. And then the last one that got announced recently: Nate Diaz versus, versus Anthony Pettit Huge. for August seventeenth, two forty UFC two forty one. I hate Nate Diaz with a burning passion, but I love watching the guy fight. The the dude's an idiot, but he can throw hands like a monster. Yeah, I mean. Oh, Eddie Alvarez. Yep. There you go. I knew it was Thank a D. you. Um, but getting back to it, super jazz of Cowboy. In his last fight, he looked really good, really good. Oh, he demolished the dude. I mean, he took some licks in that fight too. But, but he that's the thing with Cowboy. Like you can get him for a little bit, but he just keeps coming. Yeah. So, him fighting um, Tony Ferguson. I, I'm not a big Tony Ferguson guy. I, I'm not either. But I mean. Uh, Dana White was on a podcast I listened to recently uh, talking about how he was going into a, a matchmaking meeting and <laughs> we just got all these fights coming out of that meeting pretty much. But Tony Ferguson re- just recently either came back from suspension or from from injury and it w- it's good to see him to get back in the ring. And it's kind of an odd thing because like, it's a quick turnaround for, for Cerrone. Yeah, for real. Because um, so, there was rumors of him when he did win that he was calling – I mean, he called out McGregor if he wanted to fight him 4th of July. Everybody wants to fight McGregor. I would McGregor. love to see that. I would too. It's, I mean, everyone wants to fight McGregor just to get that big yeah. paycheck. So I would I would call him out too. And Fuck. Cowboy looking – I mean, he's probably at the end of his career, if not on the downward slope. Well, if he didn't fuck around so much earlier on in yeah, his career – Yeah, he would have had a lot more. He probably could have been a ch- – yeah, he would have had so many more ch- uh, yeah. chances – and he probably would have been a champion yeah. by now, but it's, it's later on in his career, he's finally getting like big notoriety. Like he's get, he's getting main event matches now. So, who knows if he can end up actually making something out of this? But we'll see what happens. But it's a bright future for the UFC in in the upcoming months. Uh, and then another quick, I know you probably don't care about this, but I'm a huge WWE fan. Uh, a dream match that everyone's been calling for for the past 20-some years. Undertaker versus Goldberg finally will be happening, and it's going to be at the Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> you care at all? Not at all. Okay. I'll talk about but it. But I did like so Undertaker you know. when I was a kid. He was my, one of my favorite wrestlers, him and uh, Mankind. Oh, love Mankind. Mick Foley, man. He's an absolute nutcase. <laughs> But uh, Undertaker, he recently had a match with Baron Corbin at WrestleMania. He looks like dog shit. Like, he is slow as fuck. It looks like if he falls over, he might break his neck. Like, the, uh, he looks yeah. old. I remember when, he, <laughs> like, when, even when I was a kid, he looked old. Exactly. And, like, now it's even worse because, like, oh, man. He can't do as much as he used to. Like, when he, he came out, and I guess it was Elias that he attacked when Elias did his stupid music thing. But uh, he just, it, it looked bad. So, I, I don't know, two old guys going at each other. It, it's going to be fun. Like, it's a good fan service thing that the WWE is finally going to do. But I think Undertaker needs to just retire. But uh, moving on to some hockey-related news. Uh, in lieu of free agency, former Philadelphia Flyers goaltender, current, well, might be former Columbus goaltender, Sergei Bobrovsky put his Columbus downtown condo on the market for a cool $2.9 million. Imagine being able to do that. Like, that's unreal. <laughs> I'm kind of shocked that he's, he's selling it before he's even signing anywhere. Like, he put up his condo a month month and a half before free agency even starts. I mean, like he, yeah, he's he, out. The writing's been on the wall for months now. 
It has, but like that's kind of like a fuck you. Like you're not even gonna consider. You're gonna put your condo up for sale before you even talk to yeah, somebody. Yeah, I mean it's tough, and it's the same thing with like um, Panarin, who I think is gonna leave Columbus as well. They gave him, they I, gave yeah, him a chance to sign him, and they didn't sign him to what he wanted. And this is a big fuck you. I'm calling my own shot. You're an idiot. I'm out. Yeah, that 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 team's gonna be so different next year. I I think Duchesne's gone. I think that, I obviously think we both stays. think both of them. I think the only one they're gonna keep is Dzingle, and even then, that's a stretch. I don't think they're gonna be they're gonna be able to sign any of them. I think Duchesne wants to go to an actual contender, <clears throat> Philadelphia Flyers, for less than nine million, please. Uh, and then I think Dzingle, the, he's the only one that's like a maybe because he's not gonna really demand that much on the open market. Like he's gonna get an average salary most likely. So I think he's the only one that they can actually retain without breaking the bank. Yeah. Because they, they're going to have to sign all their defense. Like, uh, Wierenski and Jones, they I think they're due for contracts fairly. Exactly. So, like, they're going to have to sign them, and that's pretty much what their team's built off is, is their back end. Yeah, and having Bob on a cool deal. Um, but he's gone. He's out of there. Panarin, and he's I think, gone. I think Duchesne will stay. Yep. Zingle is going to stay. Um, but maybe it's even, like, because Duchesne and Dzingel had ties in Ottawa. Maybe they might leave together or stay together. Who knows? Well, Duchesne picked him up on his private jet when he flew back that to get his wife and, and baby. I, the, yeah. backseat to the That dog. was probably my favorite <laughs> moment of the year. Yeah. Other than Carter Hart coming up, obviously. That was, like, one of my favorite moments uh, this past NHL season. But kind of going back to uh, how Columbus is built from the back forward, they did trade for Kincaid this past, like during the yeah. season. So th- they might have been prepping already. Like, they have Corpusalo. He's younger, as far as I'm aware. I think he's mid-20s. And he's given them good minutes throughout the time he's been given. And Kincaid, obviously, we saw what he did in New Jersey. Uh, not this past season, but the season prior. And even this season, he played fairly well. He, I mean, he obviously had his rough patches, but that team was just trash in yeah, front of him. there's not much so, he could have done. Exactly. Given now that he he's going to be playing behind a decent defense, maybe he comes back to that form he had in 2017. So who knows what's going to happen with them, but I, I think the Metro might get a little bit easier. I, I think the Metro uh, might get tougher. I think the Atlantic Division is going to get a little bit tougher. The Atlantic Division is going to be a fucking wild card. Yeah, obviously the Lightning aren't going to do what they did last year. It's possible, but I think they're going to lose a few key pieces uh, just because their they're, they're ass is up against the yeah. cap. And then, I obviously, Florida's going to be better hiring Quenville. Boston's going to be Boston. They have that line of Pasta, Bergeron, Marshawn is a monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Florida's going to be improved. Yeah. And then, obviously, we have Toronto. Yeah, Toronto, so. hopefully. I mean, they get their shit together during the regular season. Just don't see Boston in the first round. <laughs> Good yeah. fucking luck. If they're either going to face Boston or Tampa. They're going to be the top three teams in the Atlantic for at least the next yeah. three years. So it's going to be them clawing at each other tooth and nail. Uh, Staying with hockey, this is going international real quick. Not talking about the IAHF tournament. Uh, (laughs) Did you see Putin fall on the carpet? Dude, hopefully he doesn't send hitmen Uh, out for us on this. But, dude, that was hysterical. That was funny. And, like, the The gameplay, like, no one was anywhere, anywhere near Putin. No defense oh, dude, whatsoever. It's played. like whenever we play pickup, it's just, just like imagine the worst possible player during our pickup and then like whoever's in net just letting them score. That's literally yeah. what it was. His backhand was so soft. <laughs> like I could I could have kicked that away with my tongue if I felt like it. That's how bad it was. Like oh, it must be nice to be Putin. Yeah, to have everyone fear you. Yeah, just dude, if if goalies would just let me score like they did to him. I'd be in the NHL right yeah, now. Yeah, I can make a great career out of it. Exactly. Like, that'd be so sick. Just go doing whatever you want. But uh, props to that. He didn't, like, he just got right back up and started waving again. Like, whatever dude was standing right next to him was, like, in fear of, like, if he touched him, he'd be like, no, get yeah. off me. Because, like, like, the one guy who was skating around, he saw the carpet, and he was like, oh, no. Oh, He's no, like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> if if you have a chance to see the video, I highly suggest it. It's pretty funny. Uh, moving on to the actual NHL playoffs, not just talk. Uh, the cup odds came out for the conference finals. I know you'll like this. 
We got the Bruins and Blues at plus 200 each. Sharks at plus 275, which is shocking. That's crazy. And the Canes at plus 400, which is to be expected. But uh, if I was a betting man, I would put money on the Sharks at plus 275. Yeah, for those odds, you really can't pass them up. Um, Boston's really turned it around, especially like at the start of the playoffs. I remember checking them. I think they were yeah. plus 11 or 1,200. At the start of the at season? At the start of the playoffs. Oh, my God. Yeah, like really? they were – I mean, you, you think about it. I mean, you had all these powerhouses in, in the playoffs at the time. Like Tampa, Washington, Calgary, they were all at like plus 200, plus 300. So they really weren't giving Boston or much of, many other teams a chance, really. No yeah. respect. But, yeah, Sharks sitting at 275, yeah, I would, throw, I would throw a unit down on them. I think they're going to win that – That that uh. They're gonna win the yeah. West. They're, I don't. I don't think the Blues can compete. I don't know. With I mean, I'm watching m- the game right now. St. Louis is looking good, and if they could steal one, I mean, I think this this series is gonna go seven. Is it still two two? Three two, St. Louis. Oh, well, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, well, I picked I picked <laughs> the Blues and the Bruins to go to the Cup. I know I say this every podcast, but I'm gonna stick and with that. I think Brent Burns I just, think just the went to the locker room. Oh, I'm a genius. Bruins and Blues, man. But uh, we'll kind of get into it. Speaking of the Blues, they won oh, no, it was absolutely. Holy shit, he just took one off right off the chin. Even worse. Dude, I, I mean, even through the injuries, like we had the Pavelski injury, the Sharks have been just absolutely demolishing whoever yeah. they play. I mean, they didn't really demolish Colorado, but they, they got past them. They, beat, they, won, they won in seven. Yeah, exactly. The NHL playoffs are so unpredictable. It's not like the NBA playoffs where you kind of know who's going to win. But, uh. Wild game seven, Blues in Dallas. Bishop stands on his head, and then my mortal enemy, Patrick Maroon, scores the, the game winner in double OT. That pl- I don't want to hear anyone say that that was Patrick Maroon. Yes, he gets credited but for the holy goal. Holy shit, that Thomas but, uh, guy, Robert yeah. Thomas, dude, he is a he's monster. nineteen. I I know that's nuts, dude. And he had like some of the biggest plays in that game. He was the energy guy that entire game for St. Louis. Yeah, he looked really he, good. He was like a firecracker out there. It was I I didn't know who he was until that game. Yeah, I mean, like that whole series, he was doing well, but that game seven, he really turned it on. Which is always weird. Put the team you on his have back. Some sort of player, game seven, the unknown factor of who's going to take over. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was crazy. I would as soon as I saw Maroon score, I was like, "You gotta be yeah. kidding me!" Like it couldn't have been anybody else. This is so bad for my brand. <laughs> Maroon is a pigeon. I don't care what anyone says. He is only good when he is with people that can give him the puck. Literally standing in the goalie's jaw yeah, strap. He, what he had McDavid in McDavid. Exactly. He had McDavid, and then he played with Getzlav and Perry. And you're obviously going to do well when you play with guys that are most likely going to be Hall of Famers. At the worst, they are perennial yeah. all-stars. So anyone can fuck off if they're trying to convince me that Patrick Maroon is an actually good NHL player. He didn't do shit this season until that game. Yeah, I agree. But it, it, it's cool to see. Um, one of the best pictures that I've seen from the playoffs so far with Bishop and Maroon hugging each other, both St. Louis boys. And the flag yeah. is in the background, the um, state flag. That was a pretty sick like, picture. That's nice. Yeah. I feel bad for Bishop. Dude, dude. holy he, shit. As, are you kidding me? Dude, if I was him in the locker room, I would be beating the shit out of everybody. Like, he, he had, what, 50, 55 yeah, 50, saves? I think he went, fit, yeah, 55 saves. It's a, it, it, first of all, double overtime game. Everyone's tired, obviously. But if he's still giving you that type of energy in second overtime, he's only let in one. And you guys have, what, put 20 shots mm-hmm. on net going into double overtime? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, that's rough. I mean, that, you got to feel for Bishop. I mean, potential Vesna winner. I hope so. Do I. I think he deserves, he deserves that. Of everyone that was nominated, I think he did. I don't know, man. Robin is Robin Leonard's nominated for the Vesna, right? I mean, yeah. the, sh- the stuff that it's he overcame. Him, and... Bishop, and then I think Vazzy. <gasps> 4 2. Damn. That was a sick play, too. I'm still waiting for something to happen in a Phillies game. It's tied up in the bottom of the seventh. Um, throw that one away. Obviously, uh, Sharks are up one uh, one game to none now, and Blues are up four two in uh, game two. So that that might be tied. What are they in the yeah, third? Yeah, three yet? minutes left in the third. So this is pretty much over with. 
a uh, unless if something happens. Uh, so we'll just kind of we'll pass on that. And the Bruins have been absolutely crushing what the a Canes. <laughs> I do. I watched that uh, game too. Going up, it was rough to see Tuca give up those two goals late. But going up six nothing, like Mrazek has let in. I think he let in ten consecutive goals uh, at one point. And uh, that, how are you not gonna? Put McElhinney in. I know uh, Brindamore hasn't pulled his goalies all at season. all this season, like not once. So that kind of just goes to what his coaching style is, which I understand. But like you, you need to get a change of pace. Yeah, you got to some, somehow stop that momentum, and maybe McElhinney is the answer. But I do respect the decision of keeping Mrazek in and letting him fight it out as himself, kind of like kind of like putting him on an island there. But sometimes yeah. goalies need that. Yeah, kind of like a kick in the ass to get him yeah. going. But uh, but yeah, Boston's gonna make Justin Williams. Um, quick work of the series, I think. I think so too. Yo, I'm echoing a little bit. I can hear you like three years. I think. Let me back up a little bit. All right. How about now? I think we're good. Yeah, um, we Gucci. But uh, Williams coming out and saying like sometimes you just gotta eat a poop sandwich. <laughs> Like <laughs> what a metaphor! <laughs> you're just, I I was kind of sh- like I'm not shocked that he didn't cuss, but like really a poop sandwich, dude. You can't come up with anything better than that. Yeah, for real. Like sometimes you got to get knocked down and get back up or something like that. Like no, a poop sandwich. That was, that was, unnecessary in my <laughs> opinion. Come up with something else. But uh, kind of sticking with the media and the players. You you saw Marshawn's interviews, right? Oh yeah. I feel crispy. Do I do too? I I despise when players are like pestered too much by like seekers or media or stuff like that because they're human beings. Like just let them be. I understand they're contractually obli- obligated to do some of this stuff, but like at the end of the day, they're not zoo animals. Like they're human beings, so just kind of take it easy on them. But yeah, I I love seeing Marshawn do stuff like that. He's he's good with uh like he's quick witted. On uh, like Twitter and Instagram and shit like that too. Yeah, I love that. Um, more and more players are getting more of like a social media presence just because it adds a little bit more of a level to the game. It's good for their personal brand too. Like I don't understand why more players don't do it. There's probably something in not in the CBA, but like in their contract that says like you can't do this or that. Like I know the MLB is pretty bad with that. Like none of their players can self promote very well. Like Mike Trout's the face of the game, and he has like two sponsorship deals it's a joke yeah. but i i like seeing players do more stuff like that kind of like you were just saying getting on social media and whatnot yeah feeling crispy man what a, what a, what a saying what a quote i'm gonna start using and then that they were too. talking about his suit and he was like made made in china <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, the quick one-liners is absolutely incredible uh we would like to just apologize to everyone we messed up last week we said yo this is going on to the flyers coaching staff now kind of transitioning into that uh we said yo was going to be the power play coach and coach the forwards and terrian was going to be the pk coach and coach the defense well it comes out literally the day after we recorded last episode that it's going to be reversed which makes a lot more sense uh because i i took a real quick look at uh, their inverse numbers, like their PK compared to their power mm-hmm. play numbers for each of them. And Yo's power or penalty kill numbers were better than his power play numbers, which it, it makes sense because, like, with Minnesota, he ran a very defensive style of play. That's why I was kind of confused at first when they wanted him to be the power play coach. Uh, but with St. Louis, like, when he first got brought in, he had almost, like, not him personally, but the team had almost a perfect penalty kill over a month of the season which is incredible if you can go nearly perfect uh, in today's day and age, especially where goals seem like they just come every, like at least four goals a game yeah. almost. And then Terry, and obviously, like we said, is going to be the power play coach and he's going to coach the forwards. Uh, Lappy, uh, Ian LaPerriere's role was a little more fleshed out uh, when they came out with this update. He's going to be the pre-scouting coach. He'll be coaching prep and skating, and he's going to be more of like an eye in the sky, which leads me to believe he's not going to be behind the bench. He's going to be up in the press box. So that's kind of good. But they also did say that he'll uh, – or let me pull up the quote real quick. Vigneault does like to get input from all of his coaches uh, on PK and on the power play. 
So the, he did say uh, Laperriere will have input on each of those uh, sides of the game. Uh, but Bill Meltzer tweeted out about Vigneault. Uh, he said, certain tenets of the PK that has been successful for him at previous NHL stops. He said that he wants his assistants to weigh in, much like I was saying. Uh, so in working with Terry, and he's going to get the input from Lappy and Mike Yo as well. So kind of just repeating what I explained, but giving you the actual quote that had come out. Uh, and I think that's it for the Flyers. Oh, I lied. Um, they put out like a full report on Gritty recently. I don't know if you had a chance to look at it. It was kind of just a couple of things that came out from uh, his inception. The code name for the Gritty Project. Did you see Not what it was? Yet. Fucking Pigeon. The code name for the project was Pigeon. <laughs> and the quote that was given out was like, uh, we could not think of an an animal that like embodied the Philadelphia Flyers more than a pigeon. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? A pigeon? Like, that's JVR. That. There's a reason why uh, Giroux called him a pigeon in that, uh, that one little segment where he was wired fucking up. pigeon. Like, a pigeon's not a good thing to be no. called. I literally just called Patrick Maroon that. So, like, why would you want to name your new marketing piece, essentially, a fucking pigeon? I mean, it's just a code name, so it's not really a big deal. But like, something that embodies the Philadelphia Flyers is not a pigeon. I'm sorry, like pick something yeah, else. Real. I mean, <laughs> did you see uh, Gritty want a webby? Yeah, and he. Oh, I was so happy he brought that sign that said it's pronounced not, water, yeah. not water. <laughs> Goddamn right, dude. It, it's fucking water. I still say water. I, well, you're weird. You're weird too. No, I'm not. Water is the correct correct pronunciation. Sure. But that that's for another argument. When someone gets me talking about water or cheesesteaks, I really get going. So I'm not trying to waste that much time. Because we're probably going to run a little bit long. We got quite a few more things to get into. Uh, we'll quick run over the most recent Philly series. They took two or three from the Cardinals and two or three from the Royals. Uh, in the Cardinals series, we had another Aaron Nola gem. He's really starting to look good other than, I mean, tonight he, uh, I think he gave up a home run and he gave up two runs in the first. But, I mean, that's not really that bad considering his past two, his past two outings have been really strong. So I'm, I'm fine with him now. He can have that one bad start here and there if he's given us two strong outings in a row. He's going to get the Aaron Nola jersey? I'm thinking about it now. I mean, he's looking good. He's looking really good. You better fucking get the Nola jersey. But uh, Harper finally hit a grand slam in the uh, same game that Aaron Nola pitched. So take that monkey off your back. Uh, but he is still kind of slumping uh, outside of that. But, I mean, the dude's still getting on base. He's still walking. I think he had five fucking walks in one of the games. So we're fine. Yeah, I'm not worried at all. But uh, there was a stat. there was a stat that I just heard recently. I think Harper's walked 26 times in front of Hoskins, and Hoskins has 16 RBIs after a Bryce Harper walk. So that if people say, like, Bryce Harper not producing uh, statistically, uh, like with batting average and home runs and all that, you're not looking into it deep enough, It's he's giving Hoskins protection in the lineup because you're going to give Hoskins pitches to hit when there's runners on base already. You're not going to try and get two men on base. So that it's just a deeper thing that people need to look at with the with Harper stuff. Uh but then last game of the Cardinal series, Jared Eikhoff threw eight scoreless innings, which it's so satisfying to see that our rotation's really rounding out. Uh especially since we just saw unfortunately uh Velasquez is going to the IL, the injured list with a forearm strain, so he's gonna be out for a little bit of time. Uh, and in a corresponding move, the Phillies did bring up uh, right-handed pitcher Austin Davis uh, for the bullpen. But moving on to the Royals series, the first game the offense was real flat, uh, and we got killed by Alex Gordon. He had two home runs in the first game. But second and third game was a whole of a lot, uh, heck of a lot better. Efren, Eflin threw a complete game shutout, the first one for the Phillies since September, 20, uh, September 17th in 2016 by a man – known as Jeremy Hellickson, who we literally just blew up uh, on the Nationals earlier this season, and then he comes back 
in the second outing against us and like shuts us down. I think he had nine Ks in the game against us. Uh, so that's good to see. Uh, we're getting pitchers going deeper in games. Uh, and then the closeout game in the series, Cole Irving made his major league debut through seven innings, uh, one run, five strikeouts, and five hits allowed. Did you end up watching any of the games this I week? I did watch a little bit. Um, I believe it was the last game. Of the, I think it was the last game on Sunday, I believe. The yeah, Mother's the Day, Day game. game yeah. um, watched that for a little bit. Um, yeah, we're looking good. Um, like where the team's going. Um, looking forward to warmer days and days at the ballpark. Yeah, and it's uh, our division is literally like that that video that you tweeted out. The dude goes, sometimes maybe good, and sometimes <laughs> maybe shit. And it, when it's shit, and we're still going well, is really good to see because that we're not even clicking on all levels yet, and we're in the division lead. So if our team really gets clicking, we can end up winning this division by double digits if it continues to be shit. Because like Atlanta's pitching staff, bullpen, and starters suck. The Nationals have dealt with injuries the entire season, and they're seven games under five hundred as of yesterday, I believe. The Mets really don't have anything in their lineup, but they have stuff at the back end of the bullpen. And then the Marlins, we don't even have to fucking worry about. So we could take this division by a long shot. So I'm not too worried about the Phillies. Uh, but just a couple quick hits uh, to get through with the Phillies news. David Robertson just got shut down for three weeks today. I saw that. Uh, he has elbow elbow soreness or something wrong with his elbow which is really scary um i'm really hoping it's not anything too extreme where he might need uh tommy john surgery or anything like that but uh aaron altair as we kind of predicted last week he did end up getting claimed off of waivers uh he got claimed by the san francisco giants which is not really surprising considering the giants had just traded for an outfielder earlier in the season and kevin pilar and they were also trying to get bryce harper in the offseason because their outfield is absolute trash they have nobody in their outfield right now uh and kind of on sticking with the giants madison bumgarner did release his no trade list and unfortunately the phillies are on his no trade list so we will not be seeing madison bumgarner in a philadelphia phillies uniform for the foreseeable future most likely uh and unfortunately we do want to let everyone know that david montgomery uh has passed he was with the Phillies for quite a long time. He's been with them since 1971. Uh, he was 72 years old. He had a long, hard-fought battle with cancer, uh, and he unfortunately passed a few days ago. Uh, all different media outlets, different teams, of course all the Philadelphia sports teams, uh, shared their condolences. He just had a, an overlasting impact on not only the Phillies, but baseball as a whole. Uh, and it's it's sad to see a legend, a legend uh, move on into into heaven. So we just want to extend our condolences to not only the the Phillies family but uh, Mr. Montgomery's family as well. Yeah, I was surprised to see uh, the outpour of respect from other teams and everything. I mean, it really just goes to prove how big of an impact he had on the sport of baseball in itself. Exactly. Yeah. And then we'll just move along. We have two more teams to get into. Obviously, the Sixers are going to be the long one, so we'll try and move through the Eagles news real quick. Nothing really too big to note. Uh, the first thing that came out this past week was the naming rights for Lincoln Financial Field has been extended through 2032. So we're going to be able to call it the link for another, was that 14 years, 13 years, which makes me happy because I don't like when all of our stadiums get changed. I'm just waiting for the Wells Fargo Center to get changed again because it was the Wachovia and whatever else before that. I miss that. the so Wachovia. Who fuck knows what? I do too. I I miss the FU Center. Where the fuck was the FU Center? That's what it, Wachovia used to be. Really? It was yeah. It was the uh, first Union or first United oh, yeah. Center, which was I think it was I think it was late '90s, uh, late '90s early 2000s. But it was perfect. It was the FU Center. Yeah, but I also like calling it the well. Like the, I call it the far. Okay. Yeah, or the center, like the Sixers do. I think that's the the cleanest one, the, the least ugly, <laughs> if you will. Uh, the Eagles just signed Cody Kessler to a one-year deal. Yeah. Um, strange signing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
considering at the time, yeah, we would have five quarterbacks on the roster, but they did end up waving Luis Perez, who was never going to see the field anyway. Oh, God, so, no. I hope, at least I hope not. <laughs> nah, fuck no. I mean, all all this pretty much does is creates a competition for for backup quarterback between him. And, oh, I forgot about Clayton Thorson. So who knows uh, it, it, what's going to be the roster? It's probably going to be a battle between. Kessler and Thorson for third quarterback, and Kessler could pressure Sudfeld. Uh, I don't think that's going to no, happen. No, I think it's uh, this might be. I think it's um, Sudfeld's job to lose. Um, he's got a big season ahead of him, vying for that number two role behind Wentz. Um, but bringing in Kessler, yeah. it's just a good, it's just good insurance policy, just in case it does go to shit. I mean, you don't really want to see like Clayton Thorson stepping into that role of second quarterback behind or third quarterback behind Sudfeld if Wentz would ever go down. <laughs> if we would ever go down, you mean when Stop. he goes down. But I mean, I think that back injuries lingering a little bit more than people expected it to because where he broke his back is like the one of the worst spots to to break it. But I mean, I don't think this it, it, worse comes to worse. I think this is going to be more of a sign and trade where Kessler shows off what he can do and the Eagles get a call from somebody for well, let's say a fifth round, sixth round draft pick. They're probably going to take it. So, uh, I d- there's nothing really too extensive to yeah, get so into don't there. Buy but a, uh, uh, Cody Kessler jersey just yet. Ex- exactly, smart man. But uh, we did resign. Well, I guess not resign, but signed again. Uh, Stefan was new. Huge signing. Uh, to it, real big. There, interior offensive line depth and DN depth. It's pretty much the two biggest was the two biggest needs before this, so getting Wiz back uh, on a one-year, one-point-five million-dollar deal with five hundred thousand in incentives uh, to make it two million, which I think they're playing time incentives. So who knows if if he actually gets there? But this is real big. Uh, it fixes one of our biggest needs, like I said, uh, and you can never have too many offensive linemen, in my opinion. You win games in the trenches. Yeah, so. I agree with that. Uh, speaking of extensions, uh, there was a quote that had come out about the Carson Wentz pending contract. Let me pull it up real quick. Uh, Howie Roseman said, if the deal is right for us and the deal is right for Carson, we wouldn't hesitate to pull the trigger on that. So obviously the Eagles want to extend Wentz. No one really was thinking anything different, but, uh, it's just nice to see that they actually are acknowledging, um, not only how big of a a need it is, but that it, it's it's there. It, they address the elephant in the room pretty much with this uh, with this quote. Yeah, I mean, I like that he came out and said um, right up front that it is a um, fuck. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Um, but it is it is number <laughs> one on his list. I'll just say that. Yeah, outside of possibly the Chris Long uh, contract. That's the on the team right now. That is the biggest contract talk to go on, because you can't win a game if you have a shit quarterback, and we have a pretty goddamn yeah. good one. And I'd like to keep him for a while, and the team wants to keep him for a while. So it it's just it's good to see that they're they're talking about it. Uh, and last little quick piece of news: probably by the time you're listening to this, single game tickets are gonna be going on sale for the Eagles tomorrow, which will be May 14th at 10 a.m. Make sure you get your goddamn tickets. Let's fill that fucking stadium. Bring home field advantage back, like we always have had. It's half the battle. I mean, if you're, you just look at the Chargers from 2017, there was nobody in the stands, and when we went out there, it, it was, was a home a game, game for us. Same with the Rams and we, too. And exactly, fill the fucking link. I know we always do, but just make sure you go out and get your tickets if you're thinking about going I to a game. I will definitely be buying a few tickets this year. I'm going to try and go to the game in Miami. I know you're talking about you want to try and go to that Buffalo game. Yes. But uh, the closest one to me is Miami. So if I can't make it up to one, to Philly for a game, since it's pretty much during my busy season, uh, I'm going to try and go to Miami for that game. But now the time we've all been waiting for, we get to talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> I was so goddamn mad. Like, 
throughout the entire game, I it just had the feeling like I knew we it was going to be a close game the whole time as it was, and I just felt like we were going to lose at the last second. Like I had an empty feeling in my stomach, it, like even from the start of the game, because game two was the real close one that we won up there, and then game four was the real close one that we lost yeah. at home, and it really really felt like game four. Uh, but we actually we kept it tight until obviously the last fucking second. Um, but f- I just want to say before we actually get into talking about it, fuck Kawhi Leonard, fuck Drake, fuck Toronto. You all suck ass. That you don't deserve this anything in the playoffs. The Sixers have gone through hell. Philadelphia, as a whole, has gone through hell with the Sixers, and for that shit to fucking happen just because Kawhi Leonard is a machine. Fuck you. I'm sorry, but goddamn, dude. I, the Sixers deserve to win this game. Yes, there was times where they didn't play real well throughout the entire series, but when it came down to it, I guarantee you there is nobody that cared more about winning this game than Joel Embiid. And you could you saw that after the game, how he was so emotional, he was crying yeah. and everything. N- nobody else was that emotional. He poured his heart and soul into this game. And he, dude, if we, I honestly, if we let him play all 48 minutes, I think we win this game. Because the Greg Monroe minutes, like, they, they didn't, they didn't kill us, but, like, they definitely did not help us. Joel Embiid ended up being plus 90 at the end of the yeah. series. Are you kidding me? If you play, I think he, he played something, uh, whatever minutes he played, he needed to play the rest of the game. And I think we would have ended up winning. Yeah, it would have sucked in, in the Eastern Conference final. He would have been dead. But, I mean, at least we move on past what we did last year because we made it to the second round and lost. So we're the exact same spot we were last year, and we have all these players. So Yeah, it's a very tough game to watch. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> – I, I mean, I was watching it, and I'm not a big basketball guy or Sixers guy, but I always root for the hometown crowd. Um, But, damn, Kawhi Leonard, dude. Like – I he's, hate him. He's a, he he he's not even going to be in Toronto nah, next I think season so either. Um, I was doing a little bit of digging and research, and he's got ties outside of Toronto, and there's no way he's going to stay. He's there. going to L.A. Yeah, I think he goes to L.A. Um, I, it just sucks because you know this team's not going to be together next year, and you know the Sixers are, and it's it just sucks to see this happen again. Every goddamn year. There's literally been one year, two years, I guess, 08 and 18. Every other year, the the cup final in 2010, heartbreak. This, heartbreak. Last year with the Sixers and the and the uh, Eagles, well, I guess the Eagles this year, heartbreak. What the fuck? Why can't we just it, – it must be nice for Boston. Like, fuck you. Seriously, just like – there's not one bad team in Boston. Ever. Yeah, well, Boston's a three-sport city. That's another hot take I have. Oh, really? The Patriots are not a Boston team. Uh, Boston is a joke sports town. They have three teams. Fair. Fair enough. Foxborough's like 45 minutes outside yeah. the city. What would you call them then? And they're yeah. New England. So, like, that's, it's different. But uh, Drake apparently wore Sixer shorts during Game 7 to reverse the curse from the Raptors to the Sixers. So the curse is real. Thanks, Drake, you dickhead. The curse is, is very real. He's like, no, it's not. Literally every piece of sports clothing he's put on, they've lost except Toronto. But he reversed the goddamn curse like a fucking asshole. I'm sorry, I'm cussing so much. I'm real heated about this. Yeah, and Kawhi Leonard in that post game interview. Holy shit! Can you show a little emotion, please? That's what pissed me off the most. Was- like you can hear, you can hear in my voice how emotional I am about this, and it, I pretty much. I don't want to say I speak for the city of Philadelphia, but we're we're all extremely passionate. And this dude has no emotions, and he just hit the first buzzer beater in a game seven. What the hell was I that? Just, I almost popped my medicine ball. <laughs> oh my god, dude! <laughs> but yeah, Kawhi shows no emotion after he hits the first buzzer beater in an NBA game seven playoff game in the history of the NBA. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was the first one in NBA me? history, I believe, in game seven. Are you fucking kidding me? And like him in the post game interview, he's like, "Yeah, it was, it was good." good. Um, I always try and think that 
I'm going to be in the moment. And I just let it out there in that time. And it was cool to see. I was like, are you kidding me? Show a little fucking emotion, please. For the love of God. Exactly. Like, it's obvious that he cares. Like, the dude wouldn't have put the team on his back like he did if he didn't care. Even if he's going to walk. But, like, holy crap, dude. Uh, just moving along to, I mean, there's not really much to move along to except, like, post, post-game post interviews and whatnot. But we kind of touched on Joel crying. It, it, like, he... He obviously was still emotional in the post-game press conference because someone asked him, like, where does the process go from here? First off, the process ended two years ago when we drafted Markel Fultz. So people are saying that the process is still going on. You're stupid. Once we became a winning basketball team, that's when the process ended. The process was losing to get draft picks to get better, and obviously that happened. So shut up about the process. It's done. It's the progress from now on. And he pretty much said he doesn't give a damn about the process. Which process is over, so it doesn't matter. Uh, and then Jimmy, uh, during exit interviews, which this is kind of concerning, but I mean, I think he's going to come back. I think we're going to be the ones to give him a max, but he said he thinks he can pretty much get a max contract wherever yes, he goes. Which he can. And he deserves it. He does, especially the way he played during that Toronto series. Like, that isn't a buzzer beater if he doesn't hit that clutch shot yeah. to tie the game. Or, and that he came up huge. Like, yeah, he missed some shots during the series, but like when it came down to it, he came up huge in big moments. Like that strip into the fast break mm-hmm. dunk that he had, huge. Like that changed the tide of that game. That that got us back in it. So, I mean, did, sign Jimmy Butler, please, for Christ's sake. Do the right thing, Elton Brand. Just give the man a max. Yeah, contract. give the man his money. We're, please. I forget what what source I saw it, but the Sixers are came out as the front runners to get Jimmy Butler. Like, yeah, fucking of course. Yeah, I think he really likes the it team too. that the person's on should always be the yeah. Like, and it kind of showed. Like, I think he was a key cog in having Joel and Ben become closer and and realize that they're franchise pillars for this team. And just for that, Jimmy should have got a max contract. Like, I think he did bring this team together. As much as people said he was a locker room cancer, it, he didn't really no, show I didn't, here. No, I didn't see it at all. Which makes – it makes sense. I think he wanted to kind of change the narrative that was around him. And I think he did just that. And um, – You got anything else on uh, Jimmy? Not on Jimmy, but uh, J.J. Redick. Um, okay. He's up for a contract, right? I believe we did sign him to a one-year deal again. He yes. is? All right, so – um, interesting to see with him too. I, I was listening to one of the interviews today and he seems like he wants to stay in Philadelphia as well. He said the money's not the top priority at this point. Um, I think he just wants to stay and I think he sees what's going on here in Philadelphia and I think he really just wants to stay and be a part of it. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, but uh, hopefully he, he stays true to his word and money really does not matter uh, because there's a real good shooting guard that might be on the free agent market this upcoming summer in Clay Thompson. Yeah. And I don't think the Sixers will be able to sign him. But uh, if we end up letting Tobias walk and we let Jimmy walk, and I don't know if there's uh, any other, like, big, I don't think there's any other big free agents besides Jimmy. Kawhi, but, right? Uh, I, well, no, I'm saying oh, okay. on the Sixers. I wouldn't mind trying to take a run at Clay Thompson. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that I think either. that would be... He's a guy who can create his own shot. I know JJ can't really create his own shot. I mean, sometimes he can, but he's more of like a catch-and-shoot kind of guy and comes off screens. Like, you see them run a lot of uh, screens up top with him and Joel, which it worked a lot throughout the season. Uh, but, I mean, I I wouldn't mind trying to at least sign him. I would love to have JJ back, um, but he's, he's inconsistent, honestly. Like, he had... There would be huge games he had, and then there would be shit games he had during the playoffs. So if he can be more consistent, I would love to have him back. But if not, I, I wouldn't mind trying to go out and get someone yeah, he's else. He's one of the players on the roster that is kind of like disposable at this point um, just because there's other there's other players on the market that could fill that role easily. It's just price that might get like put us out of any yeah, contention. and. For what he does, I mean, 
he's perfect for what he's perfect for what he does in Philadelphia. Yeah, I I I love JJ. Yeah, I like JJ. Too. I don't like talking bad about him, but sometimes you just gotta play devil's advocate. Uh, but now to the breaking news we had earlier. Any of y'all that said Brett Brown was gonna get fired is bullshit. Just like Joel Embiid said, all this talk about Brett Brown getting fired, Fuck bullshit. Yeah. He's back for next season with the 76ers, which, I mean, it's an obvious choice because there's literally nobody no. else out there. There's no other coach. <clears throat> Excuse me. There is no other coach that would be able to step in and, and coach well, at least, for the Sixers next season. Because you saw Frank Vogel, wild guy, just went to L.A., Vogel's not a great coach. I mean, he did he he had some good years with Indiana, but then uh, I don't know what what do you go to Orlando after that, and he was and shit he was there. It just exactly, and then you just uh, you just see Cleveland hired the University of Michigan's head coach. Big. So like the people are going to college now. To, yeah, people are looking into college. Like there's no um, bona fide NBA coaches right now. So if we would have fired Brett Brown, we would have been stuck between a rock and yeah. a hard place. Like, what's the choice gonna be? By I'm all the players ended up coming out and like since since yesterday, quoting like Brett Brown's the best coach, not the best coach we've had, but he's the best coach for this team, and like he shows that he cares about his players and, and all like that. Yeah, people like oh maybe like he doesn't coach as well as you should all the time. He outcoached Nick Nurse in this in this series. It's just unfortunate that the Sixers ran into a generational player, not only a generational player, but an insanely talented can put the team on his back player in Kawhi Leonard. Otherwise, we're talking about how well this series was coached by Brett Brown because his rotations in this series, incredible. Yeah, it looked really good. Well-coached team um, during, during the series, at least. Um, even going back to the net, uh, the net series, still uh, great coaching by him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's no logical reason to fire Brett Brown. Yeah, I mean, it's the same result two years in a row, but you see it all the time. I mean, Rome wasn't built overnight, and there's no one else out there that you really want. What, you you want to go hire Tyron Lue? Yeah. Fuck that, no. Not that I say like, Tyron Lue there's, would ever come to Philly because he's still, I mean, there's posters everywhere of him getting stepped getting over. Getting stepped over. Yeah, he'll see someone sitting next to him courtside with a T-shirt of Iverson stepping over him. So, uh, but, uh, joke's on you, yeah. Tyron Lue, but I'm not I'm a rapper. Not a rapper. About to end this man's career. Uh, and we'll kind of change up the emotions. Uh, but is there any last thing you want to get into before I close this out? Um, yeah, one point that you've kind of brought up a little bit that more and more teams are looking into college. They're going younger yeah. too. Um, and you see it with a lot of like the NFL and the NHL. And even the MLB sometimes, like, they're going younger because, I mean, the the game's changing for every sport, really. Like, I thought it was yeah. just kind of interesting yeah, I agree to see that, like, um, more and more people are looking younger and going into coaches. Not to say, like, the University of Michigan's coach is young by any means, but it's cool to see people from the college ranks getting their shots at the big time. Yeah, it's just, like, with the college game, mostly it's a lot more open. I mean, college basketball compared to NBA is a little bit different. College is obviously not as high scoring, so it's a little it's a little bit tighter. I want to say defensively, the NBA is kind of a joke defensively now. Uh, but with a lot of college coaches, they kind of have a fresh mindset on the game, and they could like you saw with Chip Kelly. I hate bringing this guy up, but when he came into the NFL, he brought one like he brought a. Uh, a kind of new spin on the offense, kind of like Andy Reid did with with his offense. I know he didn't come out of college coaching, but uh, it, these coaches come out of college and they end up having like a new spin on whatever offense is being run or defense is bre- being run or how different stuff is looked at. And teams are kind of trying to find that next that next guy who can bring something new to the table and change yeah, the they're game. All looking for their Sean so that, it, exactly. Everyone's trying to do that now. Uh, but that pretty much does it for us. I got one last thing to say before we get out of here. Mike Scott, in his exit interview, did what we all expected him to do. Before He kind of he stood up and then came back down real quick. And he leans in the mic and goes, I ain't no <laughs> bitch. And then got up and walked out. So, Mike Scott, I 
want you to stay on the Philadelphia 76ers for the rest of your career. Yeah, he's the one guy like I Philadelphia really don't want to no lose. Bitch. No, please, God, no. Keep him. I will get a Mike talk. Scott jersey before anyone else. Uh, maybe the regional not, manager? But Are you kidding me? Maybe I'll get that one jersey. That would be pretty dope. <laughs> but, nah, I, I love Mike Scott. I just, for the people that got tattoos of, like, Mike Scott Hive on their body, for their sake, we need to keep him for the rest of yes. his career. Because that would be tragic for them. That does it for us. We just want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. I kind of gave up on the YouTube because it was a lot of work and there was nobody looking at it. So make sure you check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and we out. Maybe when we get actual video, we'll put it up on YouTube. Yeah, I I put put it that – I would like to get a new laptop. Yes, and I will eventually get a mic so I can stop talking into my phone like a mutant. It's all good. But, uh, yeah, that wraps her up. Yes, Go Bruins. And we'll talk to you next week. Peace out. Peace out, everyone. Have a good night. Go Phils. Shut the guy, they've been trying to stop the way.